You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. What is going on, MVP Podcast listeners? It is your host, Mr. Mitch Gibson, uh, joined by an amazing guest, actually somebody who I have watched his content uh, and uh, actually read his read his book, Let's Go, as well. is is going to be your guest today on the MVP Podcast, Mr. Brandon Smith. Uh, how are you doing today, my man? Mr. Mitch Gibson, I'm doing well. It is seriously honor to be here. Um, just in, have enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, you know, seeing the content you're putting out, being a part of Mastermind with you, uh, dude, you're the real deal. And I wouldn't be here if I didn't think um, you were getting stuff done. Uh, so just an honor to carve out some time to visit with you and the listeners. Uh, so thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. No, I, 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 I told, tell all the listeners every time. And it's, you know, I have a guest on 90% of the time selfishly to help myself learn, you know, we, we, we've had these podcasts to help others learn, but you know, if, if the podcast guest isn't there to help or give back and, 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 and make a, make a difference or something for you to learn every day, just like I'm having right now with Brandon, then I don't want to have them on my show. You know, I'm Dude, a I big believer that. in these. Be, don't be the smartest one in the room ever. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's funny, just this last week, I was thinking about all the different podcasts out there, industry-related and just in other industries. And it seems like most of the time, the conversations or the guests that are invited to the podcast have a very similar, if not the same, uh, belief system. Like, we promote who we are. And so the idea of a podcast where, hey, we might have different beliefs, we might challenge each other and push each other to, to think differently are some of the best podcasts out there. So I'm actually hoping here over the next few minutes when you and I talk that maybe we can disagree on something and really push sure. each other to, to improve and get better. And I would love to learn from you at the same time as trying to help the audience learn a few things to help them grow their business. Absolutely. And, and I, I can tell you too, young agents, and, and the way that Brandon just put it is, is I think it needs to be one of the top five things that's consistently on your mind when, you know, as you continue to grow into a producer, young agent, new producer to this, to this industry is, is understand there's other people out there willing to share, willing to, willing to help you learn. You just got to be willing to ask. Um, every single connection that I've made and people ask, how do I have this podcast and why did I get a chance? It's because I like building relationships and I like learning from other people. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's something how I was raised, everything that I've learned, everything that you've learned. Is because of somebody else. You didn't just pop out of the womb and become the person that you are now, right? It's all because of learning from other people and or learning from your successes and or failures. So with that being said, you know, Brandon's probably one of those individuals who has had some rough, rough time in his life. He's faced adversity. Um, I mean, now look at him. He's, he's three, he got three kids. He's married, lives in good old Missoula, Montana. Absolutely beautiful place of the world, uh, especially in this country. Um, now he's got, you know, all this other stuff that he's involved with in the industry. It just, you know, as you grow and as you, as you, you know, become a, um, I guess a better version of yourself down the road, you look back at those times and say, you pinpoint specific people and or specific situations that made you into the person that you are. Brandon's probably in the same, same boat. Um, and I'm going to, going to, going to ask him a pretty quick, a pretty, pretty serious question to start off. But Brandon, has there been any adversity that you've gone through? whether that was when you were younger playing sports growing up, um, you know, throughout your, throughout your marriage. And also now, now doing the things that you're doing in this industry, being a father as well, three kids. I mean, there's been, there's got, there's had to have been that time where, where shit, lack of better term, shit has hit the fan yeah. and you've, you've kind of picked up and, and started kicking ass, taking names. Was there a specific time frame in your career where that's taken place so far? Uh, yeah. Where do I start with the adversity or the challenges? Um, I think it really started back at um, early development, developmental years. I think back to when I was 12 years old playing uh, baseball. Uh, we were in the city league semifinals. Like this is, or the, the state semifinals. Uh, it, it was like the no fear t-shirt from the nineties. It was the bottom of the sixth inning. 
Uh, bases loaded, two outs. I'm up to bat. We're down by one. Uh, base hit. We tie the game, possibly win the game. And I fly out to right field. And I remember the moment when I got to first base, I took my helmet off and I turned and threw it out, threw it at the fence out of just complete anger and frustration. And I remember my parents pulling me aside and like the, the trouble essentially got into for my attitude and my behavior. Uh, but inside, I justified it as a competitive drive. I remember my senior year of high school playing against our biggest rival in basketball. We were up 18 points going into the fourth quarter. Uh, with 3.2 seconds left, we were down by one. And it was our ball, drew up a play. Uh, the play fell apart. The ball ended up in my hands. I shot at the buzzer. The ball bounced around the rim, and every part of the rim, no. except the inside, and missed. And I remember going to the locker room and taking off my Adidas Superstar shoe and throwing it at the floor as hard as I could. And again, it was that competitive drive inside of me. And, and throughout my life, I'd seen that through different relationships that uh, failed or business ideas or ventures. The way I would respond was I would justify it as this competitive drive of not winning. When I got to a place in life where I began to uh, mature, uh, I think I matured relatively late emotionally, realized that it wasn't about winning or losing. It was my value. If I would have hit the ball and got a base hit, if I would have made that basket, I would have been the hero. My community, my friends would have loved me. I would have had more value. I would have been carried off the court. I would have had my picture in the newspaper. And I'm okay losing. It's that Brandon Smith struggled with not being the hero, not achieving, not coming through. And so anytime I face adversity now on, on this side of emotional immaturity and a low emotional IQ, I realize, wow, my value isn't based in what I accomplish or what I do. My value is based in my identity, who I am. And so that that's really kind of driven me, you know, the last couple of years of investing and giving back to the community because truly it, it isn't about me as a community investing in our industry um, into young agents, new producers, um, because when the water rises, all the boats rise. And um, so, yeah, we, we've had failures. We've struggled in our agency. We, uh, back in 2006, were looking, um, the word bankruptcy came up a few times in conversation. It wasn't quite that bad, but we were not profitable, but we were writing a ton of business and we thought we were growing. And really what we found was we were writing a lot of bad business, that was high service work, a lot of, you know, independent contractors for these five, $600 policies, but they need a certificate every 32 seconds, <laughs> uh, just not profitable because of the premium. But we had written all of this and all of our time and energy was spent on service work where we'd have to pay these producers that were writing the business. And so we had to make some big shifts in how we ran an agency because truth is, we didn't know. We, we had nobody holding our hand or teaching us or helping us develop and grow. And I saw that as a huge problem in the industry uh, on this side of emotional maturity. It's funny. And the reason why I ask that question, and sometimes I'll wait till the end to ask it, it's just that I know looking back when I first started my first three years, I just got my ass kicked. It seemed like, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, I'm working hard, putting in the after hour work, started the local podcast, you know, was involved in the community, probably involved with way too many things, which can be a big thing, be a, be a big, I guess, stop or blocking path of, or blocking the road of the path of where you want to go sometimes. So I know, I know a couple podcasts ago, I was discussing that we need to make sure as agents, you know, when someone says the word getting involved or, you know, go join a not-for-profit. Make sure it's also make sure it's got to have benefit to you, to the community and benefit to beneficial to something that you want to, I guess, put your passion and energy in. But you can't be involved with all of them because they all take time away from, you know, what your main goal is as a young agent. And it should just be putting your nose down and writing as much as must much insurance as you possibly can and learning along the way with it, too. Um, the first three years are hard and kind of where I'm getting with that is. If you are one of those producers right now and or young agents, CSRs, admins, whatever it might be, and you're near one, two, maybe even in year three right now, and you feel like the world is just melting down on you because you aren't selling as much insurance as you thought and or you're really not seeing a big ROI yet. 
it's okay. Cause I think every single producer in this country has felt that way at one point in time, they didn't just start next thing you know, that they're making hundred thousand dollars. It's not possible. Everybody has to give it some time for it to work for you. If you want to give, if you want to be, you know, an insurance producer or be in this industry as an agent somewhere or a principal agency owner down the road, you're going to have to have some patience. And me having children at a young age helped me grow my patience, which has also in return helped me grow my patience and my career path and what I'm doing as a producer. Here I am almost six years in. And I'm telling you right now, the ROI was well worth it. If you stay the course, right? You got to stay the course. So you told me before we even started this podcast, a really, really fun fact when we weren't even recording. You said 92% of new agents leave the industry within 24 months. Why is that? And if there's probably, there might be an agent here listening, Brandon, that's in that time frame range and is deciding whether or not they're ready just to jump off the deep end or get into a different, different industry. Why is that? Well, first of all, to those listening that maybe you're in that place of considering getting out, hold tight, at least for the next 20 minutes. Let's have a conversation about that. And hopefully we can give you some tools, ideas, and strategies to give it one last effort. Um, but Mitch, I, I don't know what the reason is. I suspect one of the largest reasons is new producers, new agents don't have the proper training, the tools, um, and that they look at their job as a producer as simply a job. They're not thinking career. They're not thinking long-term. It's, we live in a world that it's all about instant gratification. We, we are a microwave generation. The, the crock pot is a thing of the past. Uh, it's all instant pot now. Like we want it now. And that translates into the way we live life and do business. We want to be a huge agent, uh, a successful producer now. Um, but the problem is, we don't have the training, the tools, the community around us to help us get there. And we're not thinking long-term in each of the decisions we make, which is exactly what you just laid out. Uh, the first 24 to 36 months are tough. Yep. It's a grind. But on the other side, we work in the, the greatest industry and the it's the purest form of residual income. That, that's why we're in this industry. It's not an, excuse me, it's not a, an MLM or like, an Amway type pitch. This is true business, helping your community, serving community, being there when they need you most and generating a profit in return. That's pretty cool. Uh, but we got to get the right tools and resources in the hands of young talent so that they get to that career in the 36 months. And I think that the way you started that statement off after asking that question of why, I think you I think you hit it right on the head. It's the training and or uh, another conversation we briefly had was the lack of putting themselves or surrounding themselves with the people that are going to make them better. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, all that some, some people or some young agents just always want to want to sit there and blame the agency that they're at. Well, this agency doesn't do anything for me. Right. But then you go look and ask, you know, you ask that agent what specific tools that they've got and they've got the Zywave, my edge stuff. They've got agency zoom. They've got, they've got everything that they need. Okay. At that point, that's just a lack of work ethic and or, interest in the, in the, in the industry in a whole, at that point, yeah, go, go, go do something else if you're not liking it. But sometimes it's just a reality check, check it from the neck up and the audacity or the, the drive to reach out to someone who is having success and asking for help or that advice. That was for me, what had happened, Brandon, that that's when things for me started to take off is when I reached out to Bradley flowers and asked him if he could help answer a few questions on if I should start my own local podcast or not. And when I did, it was a game changer because it opened my mind up to a different world out in this insurance industry of a whole bunch of helpful independent insurance agents that are just like me. And it's okay to have a 20 minute conversation. Brandon would be more than happy to hop on a phone call or zoom call and help talk you through some of those, some of that advice or those questions or scares that you're having. Cause it's okay to be scared. You just gotta be, you can't be afraid to ask how do I get to this, you know, this end point? And he's going to be able to put, put, some, put some ideas or people that you might need to reach out to that's going to help save that for you. Because this is a very rewarding industry. Very rewarding. Very rewarding. And I think a lot of young producers, they don't even know the questions to ask in terms of growing their business. They don't know what's not working. Like You don't know what you don't know until you realize you, know, you don't know. Um, 
And so as a young producer, what, what are, where are your struggles? What are, what are the challenges you're currently facing? Or is it you're just wanting to increase sales? Are you looking to advance your career? Um, I, I find that a lot of young producers, they don't even exactly know what to document. Um, they just hear document. You got to document. Be sure to document. You know, like this big scary bully in the room. <laughs> um, a lot of producers don't know how to put a proposal together. Um, how to find prospects, you know, new skills. I love that Bradley said, Hey, a local podcast, um, starting a podcast can be scary. You don't know what microphone to use, what software, how to upload, how to get it on Spotify. Those are all new skills. Um, and I think the most successful producers are the ones that are willing to say, yeah, I don't know everything, but I need to learn and finding new skills. Yeah. Learn learning. You never stop learning. You've never stopped learning since you started in the industry, right, Brandon? Uh, there was a season, honestly, where um, I thought we had it figured out. I thought we, yep, we we had arrived. We knew everything we needed to know, and it was it was interesting how quickly we began began to uh, backslide, lose momentum, not continue to grow. Um, you, you've got to continually uh, refuel that car, put put gas in it if you want to move forward and climb, and so. I've done my best in recent years to become a student uh, to learn more. Yes, I have the opportunity to teach and coach and speak and invest, but uh, off those platforms, I'm a student. I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm asking questions. Uh, yeah, you've got, you've got to learn uh, in a way that works best for you. Um, you know, learn it, learn it the, the speed of your lifestyle, the speed of your agency. Learn on a pace that you can learn at. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that because we got into that other conversation, but I'm going to really ask you a, sale, uh, a prospecting sales question here in a second. But before I get to that question, um, we, were, we were discussing the amount of content and things that are out in the world in general. Forget insurance, for example, right? Forget insurance. One second, just forget about it. You get on TikTok. And there is information galore. You get on Google, there's information galore. Instagram, so or LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. You name it. You can find anything. Just because that person's got X amount of followers and this book wrote and all of these other things, and they've got 36 different podcasts and you see 20 pieces of content every day from that person. Just because they're the biggest and baddest doesn't mean that maybe that's going to be the right connection for you. And I, that that's even more important than the want to learn. Because if you want to learn and you're just learning from some somebody or a program that is extremely way too high level of where you're currently at, because there's levels to this thing, man. There's levels to everything that we do. And you're not at that level. You're going to sit there and just waste your time and your wheels are going to just spin and burn out. Because it's not helping you. Make sure it's a good fit. Make sure the person, place, or thing that you're getting your continuing educations at going to benefit you. If you're a 100% commercial lines insurance producer, you should not be going to free continuing education that's personal lines insurance homeowners policy related. That's not benefiting you. That goes hand in hand, hand, in hand with your day-to-day educational pieces, books you're reading, audio books, whatever it might be, make sure that it's a right fit because there's other people out there doing it that might make more sense or make it to a place and putting context together that's going to benefit you and that you can understand. It's important. Okay. Next question. We're going to get into some sales sales stuff, but I'm going to talk to my personal lines people. You guys do personal lines, right, Brandon? Uh, yes, we're heavy personal lines. Perfect. Even better. If you're a new producer and or if you have hired new producers recently within the next last 12 months, who should those who who should they be making relationships and building relationships with? Great, great question. Uh, I love that. Uh, the first thing we do with our team, our new hires, is I have him grab a yellow pad, um, grab a yellow pad and a pencil. And I want them to write down a list of 100 names, uh, actually 106 names, um, just based on a, a study I read once about how you should always have 106 prospects 
in your pipeline in personal lines. And so uh, I have them go through their contacts in their phone. I have them go through their friends, their family, their neighbors, the, the boards they serve on. Uh, go to your social media, go to your followers, your connections, like coming up with 106 names. Uh, it isn't difficult. It uh, sounds like a lot, but if you're brand new, uh, you know 106 uh, people. Uh, another, another study I saw once was that the average wedding and funeral has 250 people in attendance for the individual. Like that, that's what your average community is, 250 people. So we're just cutting that in half. Let's just find a hundred people now that you can have conversation with. Um, you know, hopefully your mom moves her insurance to you. Um, I caution you because I found that my mom is not an ideal client. It can be very service heavy. Right. Um, but uh, start with those those contacts and build relationships. Uh, I say this often. If you've ever heard me speak, you, you've heard me say it, and I will continue to say it, and I'll say it next week when I speak. The difference between a contact and a contract is the letter R. The difference between a buyer and uh, or a shopper and a buyer between somebody who's just looking in the windows and somebody who actually comes in and purchases your product, the difference between a contact and a contract is that letter R. It's a relationship. When you have a relationship with someone, their heart follows. And when you have their heart, the wallet follows, and then the retention and the referrals and just the loyalty. And it's so much easier to do business, conduct business and have a business transaction with our friends, with the people we have a relationship with. When, when we have a client who has a terrible experience, a poor claims experience, it is so much easier to have a difficult conversation when you have that relationship. If I, if I called you up, Mitch was like, hey, Mitch, um, got some bad news. Talk to the claims department. I even got the regional manager on the phone and there is no coverage. It sucks. I'm really sorry. I know this is not the news you wanted. Um, I think we have some options on the other side of this to help protect in the future, but let's, let's not get into that today because right now I know you're hurting. You're in a, you're in a tough spot. Um, I'm really sorry. That's not a fun conversation, but it's so much easier than the client you don't have a relationship with who gets volatile yells at you, slams the phone and hangs up on you, goes on Google, Facebook, Yelp, Yahoo, wherever, uh, leaves a terrible scathing review when you did nothing wrong. There was simply no coverage. But they go and tell 11 people about how bad Mitch is and he's a terrible insurance company and because they, they don't get it. And so relationships are so, so key. So young producers, start building your business based on the people you have relationships with. And while do an incredible job serving them so that they go home and tell their friends and family that they need to do business with you. Goes hand in hand. Goes hand in hand with the conversation we had about starting a local podcast. Right? Starting a local podcast. Yep. It's be, it's if your reasoning of starting a local podcast is to just to write more insurance. Or believe it or not, anything that you're doing to, I guess, benefit somebody else's business, not for profit or what leadership, you need to make sure it is relationship driven. If you go into anything you're doing, trying to build a relationship, if, if your goal is building a relationship with that specific person or business, if your main goal is to go in there and do nothing but talk shop and try to write their insurance, you're going to be 17 steps behind. Sure. You're going to be 17 steps behind. Get this. You don't hear you would if you, Brandon. If you go to my listen to my Inside Hancock County or Inside Indiana podcast, you won't hear me say the word insurance one time on that podcast. But I closed 75 percent of those guests that I had on my show and podcast because of them asking me what I did after the show had ended. Because you gave them, you gave them the place to share their success and and or their business or services. That's what you need to make sure you're going in and building those relationships just like that. What's going on, loyal listeners? It's Mitch Gibson with the MVP podcast. Stopping you in the action of the podcast. Promise you that this will only take a second. Are you a local independent insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Well, look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, 
Their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and do what we're here to do, grow your business. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. Let them know that the folks at the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network sent you. Thirteen percent of clients say their agent truly understands their needs. Only thirteen percent of our clients. Which you want to grow your business? There's opportunity to serve eighty-seven percent of the incumbent agents' clients just by getting to know them, building a relationship, really discovering their needs, their goals, their desires, not going in and trying to sell another policy. We've got to start putting people ahead of programs, people ahead of policies, procedures, premiums, profits, all those P's. People are the most important piece of our industry. We've got to go out and build relationships. And you know the best part about those 106 relationships? Of those 120 or those 106 uh, contacts, yeah. think about if every one of those 106 had 106. Yeah, guys, your network has a network. You've got to back again. You got to ask. So, say you've wrote you wrote Susie, who was on your contact list of 106. If you don't ask Susie within 12 months to introduce you to five other people that she's very close friends with. You're not getting the most out of that relationship with that one person. Am I wrong, Brandon? And I think, I think for new producers, it's a really hard ask. We don't know how to ask for a referral at the end of issuing a policy. It's this awkward, Hey, do you know anybody else that might be able, or we work solely on referrals. Give me a name. Like, it's just, it's not, it's weird. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't, we don't, train well on that. And so one of the things we like to do, and I think this is great for young producers, is after you win the business, send send an email to the client asking them on a scale, just two two simple questions. One, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to refer friends and family to our business? And if it's an eight, nine, or 10, follow up with, hey, will you leave us a five-star review on Google? And then you know what you do in 30 days? You say, hey, when I asked you on a scale of one to 10, how likely it was that you would refer somebody to us, you said, I moved my business to Mitch because he was A, B, and C. He did this for us, incredible experience. Yet you haven't referred anybody to us. When can we expect to get that name? Like use their review, use their testimonial against them. Don't say, hey, I'm asking for a referral. Just how likely are you? And they said a 10. Okay, well, it's been 30 days. Where Where is that sure. referral? Uh, people don't like being called liars. Um, so you, you actually can kind of use their review against them to get to get the testimonial or to get the new prospect. So, yeah. Uh, a lot I, of ways to ask. I, I, have, I have one more thing to feed off of that, Brandon, and then we'll go into a couple couple other little quick questions, and I'll let you, let you get on your way. How many, how many times and or what are you having your producers do and or CSRs do on a follow-up basis per year? Are you asking a specific, are your agents asking a specific question after they buy in the policy? How many times do you want me to follow up with you a year? You know, are you guys asking those specific questions to make sure that you're providing that client the best overall customer experience for them so that they do have a better shot of, you know, so that you have a better shot of them actually going out and referring those people to you? It's all about the customer experience, all about the customer experience. How many times or how many touches a year um, are your clients getting or should they be getting, you know, from their producer and or the agency? Um, No, we don't ask them what they expect or how much they want to hear from us. Uh, We've just over the years tried new things and developed different programs and reaching out and touch points. And when I present or share like our new client onboarding process, this is one question I always get in the Q&A is, do people ever complain about how much you reach out to them, how much content you send them? Never, not one time. Uh, so when we get a new client, I believe we have a 
14, we touch uh, 14 touch points in the first 30 days of becoming a new client. I mean, that, that's a lot. That's almost every 48 hours. something. Sure. Um, but that's, that includes getting their policy documents in the email or in the mail, a handwritten thank you note from the producer, uh, a text telling them that we have a special gift coming to them. And then we send them an actual welcome kit. And our, our welcome kit is very robust. It's, it's a box that they can store all their policy documents in for life uh, and know where they are. But in that box is um, some marketing content, a t-shirt, uh, fun giveaways, a, a pen. And if you're giving out a pen, make sure it's a quality pen. Um, <laughs> I swear, so I promise it, you. It, it's the agency, you know, the, the trade show type stuff in a box. Like these, exactly. these are not good. If you're watching this, these are just not good. Go ahead and throw them away. <laughs> Give, give your clients excellence. Um, create wow moments. Um, we, we got a little card in there that's shaped like an iPhone that shows like our Instagram, but it asks them, hey, will you do us a favor? Will you find a cool creative place and take a picture of yourself wearing this T-shirt and tag us on Instagram? Um, it, it, it's worked. We, we've got pictures of clients, ugly T-shirts, an agency logo. And we're like, who's going to wear that? It's a, it's a yard work T-shirt. But people are taking pictures uh, on the Great Wall of China. Uh, the Eiffel Tower, uh, we've got the pyramids in Egypt, we've got Disney World, we've got courtside at the NCAA Final Four, um, which just it, it creates more branding and culture for us uh, when people are posting pictures in their T-shirt taking pride in it. Um, but we, we've got this whole process over the first 30 days where our office administrator just picks up the phone and calls them and says, hey, just want to thank you for your business and welcome you to the family. People, clients are blown away by that phone call because they assume there's more coming, a cross sell of pitch, another ask. And it's just simply, thank you. Just want to let you know, we appreciate you. Thank you. And so uh, I, I would guess we, we've got a lot of room to grow and improve from day 30 to renewal. Um, we've got an incredible renewal process in place that uh, we're continually tweaking and improving on. Where we really need to get better is between day 30 and, you know, that 10 month range before the reason we start talking renewal of doing a better job there. Um, we, we, we don't send out birthday texts. We don't send out birthday emails or cards. Um, not because we're anti them. I just try to find ways to differentiate and do something different than what our competitors are doing or what, you know, other industries do. Cause that doesn't create wow moments for the client when they're, when they're getting a birthday card from everybody in their contact list. We want to stand yeah. out I don't know if it was you, but when you get, when you were an indie back uh, in September for Paradiso's mastermind group, um, I don't know if it was you or if it was someone else that had made the comment. Um, but the topic of conversation was a renewal checkup, um, or a renewal questionnaire, you know, asking them to have things changed in the last 12 months. So, you know, have you got a new dog? Did you buy any new jewelry? Uh, whatever that might be. I don't know if that was something you guys were doing, uh, but the reason why I thought it was so important and so amazing for the producer, okay, think about this for the producer, is because if they answered a question in the, in the realm of, did you buy a new car? Um, you know, do you have a business? Or does your wife have, whatever it is, do you have a business? And they say, yes, that just leads to another piece of business for you. I think the 90 or 60 days out is extremely, extremely important for the producer in a couple of different ways because they could potentially be getting the opportunity for either that referral and or seeing their customer's insurance grow because you've you're supplying you've supplied them great service the last 12 months and they have a business now you have you didn't know that before but that could be a ten fifteen thousand dollar business insurance policy that either if you're not right or if you're if you're a commercial lines guy or if you're not it still is going to help and benefit you as a producer right um, do you guys do some type of questionnaire? Yeah, we, we have what we call our renewal protection plan. And really what it is is a sequence of emails that start 90 days out uh, prior to renewal. Because one thing we found is that a lot of people don't check their mail anymore. And when they do check their mail, there's a huge pile. And when their renewal is in there, it's like the conversation. It happens all the time. There's multiple pieces of bad news. We get a phone call. Uh, our CSRs, God bless them, the backbone of our industry, who make right, absolutely love them. They don't get enough Amen. praise and attention. CSRs, you're amazing. 
uh, one of the things CSRs deal with is those phone calls every Friday at 4.45 from clients. <laughs> and oftentimes those phone calls are, hey, I just got my renewal in the mail, bad news. My rate went up, bad news. I can't afford this, bad news. It's due tomorrow, bad news. Our CSRs are then at 4.45 on a Friday trying to get out of the office, now have to look at requoting, which if they do and are successful at lowering premium, they just lowered our revenue, our profit. We just worked really hard to lose money, but we're retaining a client. Um, or it makes Monday morning really stressful because you have to come into the office and getting that done, knowing that's there waiting for you, along with a dozen emails and five or six voicemails from clients. So our goal was let's beat our clients to the mailbox. Let's beat our clients to hearing from the carrier what their renewal is so that those those reactive phone calls go away, the conversations to reshop go away. And so we start a process 90 days out saying, hey, uh, your policy is coming up for renewal. You, you don't need to do anything at this point. We've got it covered. Here's the renewal protection plan that you qualify for. Here's what it is. We're going to look at uh, make sure your policy is still the best fit for you. We're going to review any premium changes. If you have questions regarding your policy, go to you know this link, and that link has a bigger breakdown of what renewal protection plan really is. But a way on there for them to click and schedule an appointment for a review proactively 90 days in advance, rather than, oh, no, my policy, my premium is due tomorrow. I can't afford this. And then throughout the 90 days, we're sending emails like 35 days out. You know, once, once we get that download and we know what the premium is, we tell the client, here's what your renewal is. We've already reshopped it. Or here's what your renewal is. We recommend making a change, looking at That's Carrier right. X. Click here to schedule a time to do that. So again, they're not calling us when we're in the middle of an appointment to emails and then we get phone tagged trying to do a whole review. Uh, we drive all the renewal conversations uh, renewal and review conversations to an appointment. And in there, uh, through that process is a, hey, have any of these things happened in your life? Have these life changes taken place? And what's funny, Mitch, is we thought this was a great idea. Maybe listeners right now, you're like, whoa, that's awesome. I love how you guys do this. People don't always check their email. <laughs> you know, They don't check their mail. They don't check their email. Um, we have found that we have to have very clear call to actions, short, clear emails. Long paragraphs don't get read. They get scanned. Uh, if we're asking a question, we need to ask one question because if we ask three, they're only going to answer one or two and leave out one. And then that creates more email and follow up. Um, and it's okay. Hey, real quick, real quick to pause you because I got to, sometimes you got to real use young agents back in, Brandon. That's not including your welcome email, people. Your welcome email, if it's in, because it's informative and it might include your welcome packet or whatnot and payment plan and what to expect moving forward, that's different. Yes. That's different, people. Your welcome yeah. email needs to be informative. Sorry. Yes. yes. People yes. get confused I, with that. And I, I'm yeah. not even, I'm not shitting you when I say that people have asked or people have sent a welcome email that's been a sentence and a half and wonder why yeah. they don't get a review. Sorry. No, and how, how many times do we send an email on the other side of conducting business that says, I need A, B, and C and the VIN for the new vehicle? And they send you everything but the VIN. Then your hands are, you can't process that change that endorsement. So you send them an email back and it's 24 hours before they check their email again. And now you have service work piling up on your desk because you're playing email tag or voicemail tag. So drive traffic to, appointments in your service, um, you know, reactive service needs. And it doesn't fix all. The phone still rings on Friday at 445 with somebody who's got a bow sure. or their policy renewing, but it lessens the amount, the quantity. Um, so yeah, uh, renewal protection plan is huge um, and trying to automate the, those questions, that questionnaire. Yep. He's done two things right there. The big A word. All he has done is do one thing for 90 days, per, the, the personal protection program or whatever you just call it. I'm sorry if it, the protection program, renewal protection program. All that is, is added value. He's added value to the client, even though it realistically is just them persistently or consistently putting that program into play on an automation standpoint 
to show their client that they're working hard, to show their client that they're doing their due diligence to make sure that their clients are taken care of. That's what the client wants. Yep. That is what the client wants, right? You if you haven't talked to the client in two years, it could be gone next week because you've talked to them three times in three years. That's your fault. Yep. We want to instill confidence into our clients about the renewal process. We don't just want to sit back and let them get a white envelope that says you owe more money. <laughs> that's exactly true. true. That's all. That's true. No, who wants true. who wants that? I mean, right? right. I mean, I'd be upset. Rates are too. going up. The market's getting harder. Companies' margins are getting tighter. Profitability is being double checked daily. Um, we got to give our clients confidence. And if we have a relationship with those people, that demands more confidence, time, and attention. Um, so that we get the renewal. It, it, the sales process never ends. And you just put the accountability back on the client. That's the great thing about it because then they can't come back at you and say, hey, Mitch, you didn't tell me about this, this, and this. Sir, actually, yes, I did. Here's it laid out, right? That makes that phone call, again, makes that phone call a little bit easier for you to have when that situation comes. Um, But yeah, man, they put put the accountability back on the client, making them feel like, one, they're being taken care of, and two, we want to help. We're more than happy to walk you through this and have a conversation but find a time that works for you that also your calendar is also going to be based off of when you have that availability as the agent as well. That's the most important piece. So, well, Brandon, I'm going to go into my favorite segment of the show. It's five question, rapid fire, rapid fire segment. Uh, A couple of them are really good questions. Uh, A couple of them are just for people to get to know you. Uh, And then it ends with a uh, pretty serious question because my main goal about everything that I do in life is try to make a difference every single day. So with question number one, what is your favorite color? Uh, Black. It's a good one. I like that. I'm I'm, I'm the same way, dude. I got black. I wear black jeans probably four days a week, five days a week. I I wear a lot of black. It matches everything. It's neat, clean, tight, and graphics and market. I just, Black. Looks great on it. Love it. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh, favorite. Uh, I'm going to have to go cookies and cream. Perfect. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh. Dang. Um, I'm going to go Walt Disney. Ooh, um, that's a good one. That's a that's the first one on the show. That's the first yeah. one. For, for a lot of reasons, but the, you get so sure, absolutely. If you could, if you could visit anywhere in the world, where could where would you go visit? Um, the coast of like like Outer Banks, Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina, the Carolinas, the coast of the Carolinas. Love it. Well, I'm going to ask another question. This will be six rapid fire questions because you just said Outer Banks. What is your one of your favorite TV shows, TV series that you've watched? The Office. Good. Good. Last question. This is a serious one, but always, always can, can make a difference in someone's life, no matter how it's answered. And that's the fun thing about this, this game of life that we play, you know, the way we perceive or the way that we, we intake content and our mind takes that context in and your mind thinks about, you know, maybe that's a specific scenario that you're in. Everybody's mind does it differently. So this question can be taken in many different ways for, for many different people. It just depends on how they perceive the question and how they perceive the answer. But if you had one piece of advice for anybody out in the world, whether they're struggling through life, whether they're, you know, um, in their first 24 months of being an insurance producer and feel like hell's freezing over or just anything in general, what's one piece of advice that you could give people out there in the world? Um, gosh, there's so many. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, especially in in our industry, the the comparison game is huge and and problematic. Um, when we compare it either elevates us to a place of pride as if we've arrived or we're somebody great, um, or it puts us in a place on on the the other side, you know, the pendulum of a woe is me. I suck. I'm depressed. I'm not good enough. I'll never be. Um, and, and both of those places are, are a dangerous place to live. And so my piece of advice, Mitch, would be uh, don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Um, you be you. My, my hope, my goal, what motivates me is to motivate, 
encourage and challenge other people to be the best version of themselves, to be the individual they were created to be. And that's because I've had people in my life motivate me, encourage me and challenge me to be the best version of myself. And I, I see the fruit that comes from being secure in your identity. And so uh, don't, don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Love it. You're all, that's, why, that's why each and every one of us are authentic because we're all different. Yep. You be authentic and be consistent. So your authenticity and putting consistency with it you can make a difference doing something every day. I love that answer, Brandon. I much appreciate it. Appreciate one, your time, um, everything that you do for the industry. I mean, you, your book's phenomenal. I love, I, I love, love the book. Um, I'm proud of you uh, for, for doing the things that you're doing. Don't let anyone tell you different. Uh, you just keep being authentic. If anyone wants to get in contact with you, um, I know you've got the big I event coming up. We can give them a little plug here in a second. But if anybody wants to get in contact with you and or uh, buy your book, um, discover or learn more about who you are and what you're doing in this industry. What's the best way for these individuals to be able to do so? Um, probably the the simplest, easiest way to find me. I feel like there's a lot of content out there and I can give a bunch of domains is find me on Instagram. Uh, uh, Brandon Smith's a bit of a common name. So Brandon five M I T H uh, find me there. Um, or you can check out producerdp.com. Uh, probably the two best ways to track me down. Awesome. You're coming to Indy. You'll be back here. Uh, I saw you pulling out of the, uh, I saw, I saw you when I was pulling out of the parking garage after Paradise's event, you're coming down for the big eye of Indiana. Uh, that's in the next couple of weeks, correct? Uh, give, give uh, them a little plug week, in when you were be uh, it's actually next week, a week from today. So yeah. that we've got a week, week from the day, good old Brandon Smith be coming back to the good old Mitch Gibsonville of Indianapolis. Uh, looking forward to seeing Brandon speak at the uh, Big Eye event coming up here next week. And that is going to be on Tuesday, uh, excuse me, Monday, November 7th. Monday, November 7th. Uh, catch him. You know, are you going to be, you know, it's time you're speaking, Brandon, for those that uh, potentially are going to be in town for that? Um, I do. I, let me, I can pull that up here. I can tell you, um, which is honored to be taken advantage of. I'm speaking three times. Oh wow! Doing a couple breakouts and um, doing a keynote. Um, I am speaking Monday morning at exact time nine a.m. Um, and I am going to be speaking on um, I've titled it "People Over Programs." Really, kind of what we talked about today. I love that. Uh, I'm going to share a couple of stories about how we built relationship in our community uh, through just grassroots marketing and strategies. Um, that the return on investment was over 2,100. I'm going to share those those ideas. Uh, I'm going to do a breakout that I've titled "Mind the Gap," where we're going to talk about this gap in our industry that has relationships on one side and technology on the other side. We got a whole lot of agents out there who believe the only way to do business is to be a part of a booster club, to go into somebody's office and have coffee with them, to shake their hand, to look them in the eye. And then we got a group of agents who believe the way to do business is uh, automated off, use technology, sit in your boxers in your mom's basement and just blow business up. Uh, so we're gonna talk about that gap and how, how we manage that gap. Because the truth is both sides are right. And so how do we bring balance to that? And then that's the third session we're gonna be doing is um, gonna be about retention. I know that's not a real sexy topic in our industry, uh, but only 30% of agencies have an equal focus on new business and retention. Uh, I think most conferences you attend, the topics from stage are growth, strategy, new business, marketing, technology, automation. Nobody's really talking about retention. And that's where all the money and revenue comes from. And so what we talked about today, our uh, renewal protection plan, our retention strategy. I'm just going to be sharing very much a copy, copy and paste, go home and plagiarize, uh, take what we're doing and implement in your agency, uh, a retention plan to help you increase uh, your revenues. So looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome event. Uh, sounds like there's going to be a lot of people there. Excited to shake hands and uh, meet some new people. So thank you. Absolutely. Man. Well, if you're going to be, if you are an Indiana agent and or um, we'll be in Indiana for the Big Eye Convention. Uh, Brendan and I both will be there. I look forward to uh, hearing Brandon speak for the first time. 
got to get to meet him and watch him speak for the first time all in my hometown in Indianapolis. So super excited about that, Brandon. Dude, I appreciate your time and energy. Uh, look forward to catching up with you next week. And uh, if you have anything else, now's your time. If not, we'll close her up. You're good. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Always an honor. Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. For the loyal listeners out there, appreciate your time, energy, and efforts for uh, listening and staying focused with us. Uh, as always, don't forget to go like, subscribe, go find us all on social media, sharing is caring, love any new insights, ideas uh, that you guys are experiencing. Would love to sh- love, love to have you on to share uh, those stories as well with all, all of our loyal listeners. For Brandon Smith, Mitch Gibson, and the Agency Intelligence Podcast, uh, always remember that you can make a difference. Take care, everybody. Peace. Have a good week. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.